Welcome to the Rinks and Great Park Ice podcast. Uh, I'm here with Dave Walker, hockey manager at Great Park Ice, and Jesse Chatfield, uh, director of marketing for the Rinks and Great Park Ice. Uh, I'm DJ, part of the marketing team. We're back with another episode of the podcast. Uh, Dave, do you want to talk about uh, the initial ideas of the podcast? Uh, seeing that it's a uh, a new look nowadays. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I think early on when we started this, uh, we were all kind of going through the lockdown and stuck at stuck in our homes um, and trying to find ways to connect with our, our customers. And for us, it was trying to find ways to connect with just like essentially our hockey hockey family um, and keeping people engaged. I know we did a lot of like hockey from home um, stuff, uh, videos and, you know, tutorial stuff that, that the kids really enjoyed. And then we, we came up with the concept of, you know, what is something that people are really gravitating nowadays um, is podcasts. Um, they can listen to them, you know, anywhere at any time, um, after work, um, during work, during lunch breaks, and, you know, on the car car ride home or whatnot. So, we figured it was a good element, good um, kind of way to really reach out to our customers and um, provide, you know, a some information on where we were step by step going through COVID, as well as maybe bringing on some guests. Uh, and getting some information um, and stories from from some of them from their journey through the game of hockey and, and how the, the sport has really affected their lives and in a positive way um, and how good the game has been to them. So that was really the initial kind of step behind why we kind of did that. And um, you know, we had 13 episodes. I thought uh, were really good. We we had a few, a few. We had a lot of really good episodes of. Uh, people have come on. We had uh, Ken Martell from USA Hockey. You know, we had some Ducks alumni. Um, we had, you know, our adult coordinators. We had, we talked about high school hockey with Matt Blanchard. Uh, we had Kayla Burns uh, and Ryan Johnson, um, who actually um, just won the world juniors with Team USA. So we had a, a lot of really good people on to really discuss their path through hockey um, that I think was really beneficial for a lot of lot of our listeners and a lot of people definitely throughout our grassroots um, family to really stay in touch with with us and hockey and just to, to keep that um, kind of element of enjoyment and love for the game and just finding different ways to really connect with them. Awesome awesome yeah and um, what we're doing now we want to keep that same energy going and hopefully get some of those guests back on especially Ryan Johnson being able to touch on world juniors if possible. Um, but also open it up to not only hockey, but figure skating uh, content and guests, um, and then also have facility updates um, and things that are general to the Rinks and Great Park Ice that we can tell our, our listeners and followers. Because um, I think it's, for some people, it's easier to hear someone talk about uh, this information than having to uh, decipher it through web pages and, and stuff like that and social media posts. So I'm just giving an extra resource for people to uh, connect. And then a new segment that we're going to add is uh, icebreakers. And this will be a segment that we will open up questions to followers to ask us and we'll blindly just ans uh, answer these questions. But uh, today's question is uh, during the pandemic, during this, like the stoppage of time, uh, what's one hobby or something that you learned during this time? So I'll kick it over to Dave first. Oh, geez. Um, one thing. There's a, I mean, there's really a few things that I think I, I really um, started to take, I don't say take a liking to, but I think really became more 
um, present in everyday life. Obviously, the Zoom platform, I think learning how to um, use the Zoom platform to uh, whether it's to hold meetings or to, to just talk with coaches or talk with um, players, um, you know, it, I think that became a, a big part of what everybody does is becoming a little bit more, um, I guess, a little better at using their digital platforms. Um, took up running. Um, I used to run when I was younger, stopped because I just didn't, didn't want to run. But with everything closed during the pandemic, I, I took up running. So I, I, I really took a liking to that and still doing that. So I'm enjoying that. Find it's actually a way that I start listening to the podcast. I put a nice podcast on and, and, and go for a run. So on the outside of that, my wife and I get into some, some different TV shows because everybody, we've watched every show that's out there. So we came across a couple of shows that we've, been watching Doomsday's Preppers and Building Off Grid, kind of around COVID. I mean, yeah. got a, a, <laughs> so it's there. There's some funny, funny shows out there, and um, like I said, just trying to make the best of that, that time. The last 14 months of that everyone's kind of been going through. So, but I think the biggest thing has been the the Zoom and kind of learning the ins and outs of that. Nice. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, I hate to steal Dave's, but for me, um, running has been a, a hobby that I picked up during this time. I used to get my activity, you know, out the rink playing um, or being a member of a gym or a climbing club. And when all of that shut down, I wanted to stay active. And I found that running allowed me to stay within the social distancing guidelines, get out, get in the neighborhood. Um it was painful at, at first, but now it's part of my routine and uh, I've started to enjoy it actually. Very nice. Um, oh, you DJ. For me, I'd say the biggest one is cooking, like cooking at home. Um, Shelly and I, she would cook most of the time. Like she's really good at that, but got me more involved in the kitchen. And then we started to get really like adventurous with trying to cook different things. Um, we hand rolled sushi and didn't get sick so that was that was a plus um tried a bunch of different things and now it's become to where like i'm cooking more regular regularly throughout the week um so i appreciate that um running was a thing that it was hard to find the time before and then stopped and i was like okay i need to be active and i tried to have a streak where i was running two miles a day and i think i lasted 30 something days i wanted to do it the whole time that we would be uh at home thinking that it would be like two to four weeks max. And then I made it like 35 days and I was like, okay, I need to give my body a break a bit. Um, but yeah, so like running, like you guys, uh, cooking, and then for sure the, like the FaceTime and the zoom stuff, um, wasn't big on that before, but then just being able to, to talk with friends and family and actually see some faces, uh, was pretty big. But you've always been a runner, right? I mean, Dave and I, this is something new, a hurdle we've had to overcome during this time. You you won office races and other things in the past. I would intermittent. I used to run a lot and then I'd fall off, um, especially being at Great Park. Like the travel to and from home is a little harder. So I fell off the wagon a bit. Um, aside from like the company runs where I like, okay, for the next two months, I'm going to try and dial it in. Um, but now I'm doing it more so regularly. You, so you can beat everybody at work. Like I'm going to dial in for a couple of weeks. So when we have the company run, I can beat everybody. <laughs> I mean, I got, I got whooped this time. Um, Emily from, from great park. She's 
oh yeah she's track a runner. runner so yeah. she smoked my time by like a minute and a half and i can't even be mad because i tried to my hardest and i was like yeah okay well that's it what so run was that running. there was like a virtual turkey trot that they had and you could like run mm -hmm. bike or rollerblade and then i put my time in early kind of not wanting to because i wanted to see what someone else put went out and did it felt good about it and then like the next person the person that won the next person that came in was like two minutes faster than me and i was just like okay well if it was like 10 <laughs> seconds i could be like maybe but two minutes it's like that's a whole nother pace that i can't beat so yeah Dave, okay. before we get started, um, you mentioned Zoom and becoming comfortable there. Are, is that a, a tool you see using, um, you know, with our hockey players moving forward, whether it be, you know, introducing new players and, and doing a Zoom meeting or, or even from a team perspective, um, you know, having meetings via Zoom and, and instead of in the rink itself? Um, yeah, that's a yes and no. I, I guess a lot would have to depend on regulations and how they ease and how fast they ease up. I think for me, when dealing with coaches, um, it could be a better platform uh, as a lot of our coaches have other jobs. So time-wise, not everybody has the time to um, come to the rink um, for whatever reasons. So preparing a, a video and then sending the link out that they can watch or having the you know the the time set up at a time that's maybe later where you don't have to worry about people driving to the rink um you know they can do it from the comfort of their own home i think that's an easier uh way for us to get information out to you know our coaches um, in terms of whether it be introducing the kind of the the curriculum that we've worked on over the last you know 14 months for our programs um so everybody's up to speed with that um in terms of you know players it would probably be um, with current restrictions, a, a good way to, if you're having team, um, if you want to have a team meeting, whereas we, we don't have your typical dress rooms open right now where a lot of the quote unquote chalk talk uh, would take place. Um, hopefully by the time we get the, our normal rec league um, in, up and operating um, that the locker rooms are Okay, made accessible to us so we can get back to that. Um, but that can definitely be used in that manner for sure. Excellent. Awesome. Um, so we can move on to the bulk of what this episode is about, and that is uh, return to play. Um, it's very exciting times around here, uh, being able to get more people back at the rink and start programs again. Um, shoot it over to you, Jesse, for uh, updates on return to play at Irvine and our grassroots programming and stuff like that. Yeah, like you mentioned, an exciting week for us, um, you know, league play starting at Irvine Inline, our outside facility, um, adult games started this week, I believe the youth league games start next week there, um, 130 teams participating this season, so great response, I think it shows how anxious people were for hockey to return. Um, over the weekend, we also started relaunching the Little Ducks program in a couple of buildings. Learn to Play will start later this week. Um, right now, <clears throat> we're just allowing participants that were already in the program to start where they let off this time last year um, with the intent of opening that up 
in June for new participants to, to sign up. And then the announcement of hockey initiation, youth rec leagues, uh, and learn to skate programs starting in ice facilities the first weekend in May. Um, so exciting time for us, um, really getting back into the rink, introducing new players to the game, getting players um, that have you know been outside of the rink for almost a year now back into the rinks. Um, I don't know about you, Dave, but I'm excited to get back in there and, um, you know, get back into that hockey community that I've been missing for the, for the last 12 months. Yeah, and no, I'm definitely, it's, it's been long enough. <laughs> it's, you know, I think everybody, I know we see it with the, with the registration and people with the emails and questions. I think a lot of people are kind of itching to, to get back to normalcy and, and have their kids back on the ice and get, get them back into the sport. Yeah. Um, you know, I know what one of the main programs coming back that we were excited to announce is the youth rec leagues, you know, taking place in all five of our buildings, um, really ramping up. You know, we changed the division or the, the format slightly with the hybrid rec league. Can you talk a little bit about more about that and what participants should expect there? Yeah, I mean, it kind of self-explanatory hybrid. So it's not our, our typical season. Um, reason being is that we, we're getting the green light to start. We want to get as many kids as we can back on the ice, uh, back into the game. Um, and, and we felt the, the quickest way to do that with some current restrictions that we're still dealing with, uh, the best way to do that is with through a hybrid um, format. And that hybrid format will be um, each division will be given two clinics, uh, skills, the clinics. And uh, as we follow the ADM uh, model through USA Hockey, um, those clinics are going to be a lot of station-based um, clinics where their kids will get a lot of touches um, to really work on the skills and kids that have been off the ice for, for a number of months. Um, um, it's a good way to get added touches and, and different skills and kind of rotate through those sessions, through those uh, setups. Um, and then after that, they'll have four games. Um, the, the, I guess the kicker of that hybrid will be coming in that first four games where all age groups will be playing cross ice. So normally we have your 6U and 8U playing cross ice and half ice and our 10 and up playing full ice. But our first four games is going to be cross ice. Same concept, you know, get more, more touches, get more kids involved. Um, and, and we can facilitate that um, faster and easier with the, the cross ace model. And um, knowing that it was going to be a little bit of a hybrid model, we want to kind of, you know, change things up a little bit. Um, it, we will get back to our normal um, rec league um, come the fall. Um, but, you know, we knew that oh, out of the gate, we want to get as many kids on back and in on the ice as fast as possible. We found that this would be uh, the best method for that. So we'll have the two clinics. We'll have four cross ice games. Um, the 6U and 8U will stay with the cross ice um, format the entire time. Um, the 10U, uh, 12U, 14U, 16U, uh, once that four cross ice games is done, they'll have, we will then uh, split them up again onto teams, bigger teams, which will now play four full ice games. They will also get two practices. So they'll have clinics, ADM style, and then they'll have two practices, which will be a little bit more of a team practice uh, setup. So whether it be working on uh, game, um, you know, types of drills, uh, you know, uh, 
a little bit different than the, the clinic based, a little bit more game style um, drills will be for two weeks and then they'll go into the last four weeks of uh, full ice. Um, it's no, no rest. Our own coaches will do the refing. Um, you know, we won't be keeping stats. Um, like I said, it's the hybrid format. It's very similar to what high school hockey is doing right now. Um, it's essentially a hybrid high school league where they're playing eight games. Um, there's no stats. There's, you know, there's no, uh, there's no, there's a winner, uh, you know, championship winner, um, but none of the stats and stuff is being uh, kept for, you know, I guess the high school league, they're not keeping that as part of their, um, if you look into their past stats and what archives, it's not going to be archived as one of their seasons. Um, but again, for them, it was very important to, for the seniors at the high school level to get them playing, have them another, another level. So um, it's, it's, it's exciting time. Um, there's still a lot of unknown for, for us. And, you know, there's still a lot of questions um, still dealing with, you know, the pandemic and we're doing our best to, um, you know, get things open as as fast and as safely as we can to get the kids back. So uh, we're doing everything we can to, to get these kids back on the ice, but we want to make sure we're doing it the, the correct way. Awesome. Yeah. It's exciting to, uh, to get things going again. I know, I think one thing I left off the icebreakers was being able to coach a little bit more at the clinics that we were running over the summer. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, but definitely times where just being on the ice, handling the puck, I was like, okay, I'd like to be in some, some game situations right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I know a lot of players took part in the, uh, the clinics that were offered, but any advice for those Dave that maybe weren't able to make it into the rink and have been off the ice for, you know, a year or, or slightly over on, uh, things to expect <laughs> prior to coming back or, or tips, um, leading back to that first time getting back on the rink. I, I think it's the, it's the same for youth as it is adults. When you take a long time off from something, um, obviously I think the youth kind of rebound a little bit faster. Um, but I guess be patient with yourself. Um, it, it will come back. It's like riding a bike. Just give it some time, um, and, and you will get back to where you were pre pre COVID. Um, it's it's I think for everybody knows it's it's going to take some time to get back to where we were. Um, but let's just all be um, happy and excited that we're, we're start, we're making our way in the right direction and we, we can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, which I think is, um, I think it's really important. Um, you know, obviously I, I have a, I have a nine-year-old daughter who plays tennis and I think um, going through this as a parent, I think the big thing is trying to get some normalcy back for our kids. Um, and, you know, we're not back to 100% of what we were doing pre-COVID, but um, it's like every week or every month, we're, we're taking little steps by little steps, and we're slowly getting there, but the key part is we're getting there, um, so um, I think it's just keep our heads up and know that um, don't be patient with ourselves, um, that it's once, once we get back and a couple weeks into it, we'll, we'll start to find our groove um, as players and even coaches, um, like BJ was saying, for you know some coaches they've been off for a while, so um, it'll it'll take a, a few weeks before we all feel comfortable with um, our, our normal programming that we had pre-COVID. But I think we're all excited to get there, and we're we're excited that where we are now because where we are now is much more exciting than where we were 
three months, four months ago. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, you met, you mentioned that we're making steps in the right direction and those, those little steps feel like they're gradually becoming bigger steps. Um, yeah. So anxious for what the, uh, the, the late spring and early summer have, have to offer for hockey programs. And I just wanted to take this time, um, to introduce a new program that that we hope to launch this summer as well in our building and it's a it's a step before learn to play in our hockey development model um, which really is kind of three programs coming to one um, we've always had the anaheim ducks learn to play program designed for new hockey participants to come into our buildings try hockey for free um, followed by the little ducks program which is a beginner hockey program, low cost, includes all of the equipment. Well, now we're gonna offer a first strides program really designed for those participants that have little or no skating experience, three weeks with our Learn to Skate staff, getting the basics of skating down prior to taking part in one of those hockey experiences um, and really trying to, trying to have a better overall experience when you uh, incorporate all of the hockey skills in addition to skating. Uh, and I know, Dave, you've been hands-on with those programs. So maybe you can talk about the, you know, long-term benefits of adding that program in advance to learn to play, really trying to get participants into learn to play that have the basics of skating down already. Uh, absolutely. I, I think the I think you, what you want to, as a parent, you want to know is like, how, how can my kid, how can my kid best enjoy the experience? Right? And as a, from a hockey department, we always say, you're going to, you're going to, your kid is going to enjoy the experience on the ice when it comes to hockey, um, when they feel like they can participate with the puck. Um, and a lot of that comes with the learning how to skate, you know, because once they become comfortable on their skates, um, getting comfortable, they can get up and down by themselves then the actual um, play with the puck and a stick in their hands becomes easier. Um, when it becomes easier, it becomes more enjoyable. Uh, when it becomes more enjoyable, it becomes something you want to do more of. Um, so there's, there's some kids, there's always exceptions to every rule, right? There's some kids that jump on the ice at three years old and they're just, they're gifted. You know, they, they take to the sport, you know, better or faster than, than other kids. Um, some kids might be, um, need a little bit more time, which is completely fine. Um, and I think that's, you know, with these programs that we have, whether it be learn to play little ducks, initiation, rec league, now the first strides, um, all of those, there's a step for everybody, no matter where you are, we have a step for you. And I think with the creation of this first strides really helps um, put focus back to where the importance is for, I know the game of hockey is, is skating. If you watch any type of NHL or professional game, the, the big thing that people will say is that they, they move so fast and it's, you know, it's a skating and it's the game of hockey's turned into a skating game. Um, and if you can't skate, if you can't keep up, it's extremely difficult to, to play. Um, not impossible. It just makes it more difficult. Um, so I think providing an avenue where kids can, can really focus on the skating, whether it be pre entering um, a hockey program, whether it be in the middle, after one of our programs, um, using it as a bridge before they go to another program. I think just having that is going to um, provide a lot of um, kind of upside for the, the kids uh, throughout our program to really have an avenue to really 
to kind of go and work on that skating um, as they're preparing for the next program, or even if it's just extra work. Um, so I'm excited that we, we have that opportunity to, that we can really funnel kids that, you know, when they ask questions about skating and whatnot, we have other opportunities for them, other options for them to really go and work on that. So it's very exciting from, from our department. Excellent. Awesome. Um, I think that wraps it up as far as return to play updates, right? Yeah, I mean, Dave, any other thing? I mean, I know you're as hockey manager of Great Park, you know, and, and all of the players that come in and out of that building. Any any questions or common things that come up that you'd you'd want to let our uh, our customers know about leading back into these return to play programs early May? Um, I, I think we talked about off, off when we weren't recording was the adult stuff. You know, obviously I'm getting a lot of emails and questions about adults, uh, whether it be adults that have kids and youth that are in our youth programs that are seeing that youth is starting. Why is an adult starting? And um, all we can say is that right now um, we're, we're hoping and fingers crossed that we can get our adult stuff back up and running in June. We should have more information uh, in the next week or so on that. Um, but that's kind of what we're kind of focused on now is getting that back and, and ready for June. And um, right now, if you go to our website, you can join the interest list for the adult league. Um, and that way, once we do, um, once we are given the green light to, hey, this is the date, um, we'll have information and contacts of, of the people that are interested, whether it be your team, whether it be you as an individual that we can really reach out to um, directly um, from that interest list. So I would urge any of the adult players out there, um, whether you're a team captain or you're an individual player looking for a team, if you are interested in joining our league when it does start, um, I, I highly suggest going onto our site. Um, you can go to any of our sites, the rinks or Great Park and join that uh, interest list for adult hockey. Yeah, I'll make sure to, uh... I'll go ahead. No, oh, I was just going to say, yeah, unfortunately, no formal announcement, but I know you and the other hawkers, uh, Hutch and the GMs are, are carving out times and looking at the schedule. So we're hoping that we have a formal announcement here within the next week or so. Um, but yeah, I encourage people to go and sign up on that interest form. In the meantime, it lets us know who, who to expect and how to build out those schedules properly. Yep. And I'll make sure to, uh, to link, link our websites, uh, in the video and on the, uh, the audio platform so people can, uh, find those easier. Um, I think this is a good place to, to end things for the, for the first one back. Um, thanks for everyone for listening or watching. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, the new format, we'll have an episode out every month. Um, I think that's the most, I guess, economical for everyone's time. Um, to get things done. Um, we'll have guests. We'll make sure to announce guests that are coming on. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. And you can find these episodes on YouTube or on our YouTube page, uh, the Rinks and Great Park Ice on YouTube. And then you could find it on uh, Spotify and on iTunes uh, in the podcast. So uh, yeah, I think that's it. And I'll make sure to have links for all of our programs that you can sign up in the interest list. Uh, thanks for again. Thanks guys for coming on. Thanks, guys. Thank you.